in the news today. Our democracy is no, falling that, apart. That's old news. Even more. There's a virus that kills people and Animal Capitalism. Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> animal Crossing and Doom are coming out. I was just say it's been a while since we recorded. It's, it's been, been a while. while. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> it hasn't been a while to everybody else. Yeah, no. but it doesn't mean we can't use that as a topic of discussion. We took a little discussion. bit of a break after the Tetris bonanza. And instead I tired of coming, y'all out. And instead of coming back with me and Austin, we decided to just no, be just horribly lazy and let Randall make another one. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everything sucks. <laughs> this game and Tetris, not similar at all. So, so this game's fun. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Reach over the table, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tetris is fun. That didn't sound sincere. <laughs> he said that in the exact same uh, way that I said the Beat Saber thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Jason, can you pull that clip? Randall said he likes Beat Saber. <laughs> I'll have to send it yeah, to him. A, you know what? Day. Fuck your script. Let's just make a clip show. A cli- yeah. yeah. Guess, so it's come we to this already. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that one time that, that Randy, was funny. Yeah. Randy said that he was a supporter of Jared from Subway? <laughs> Insert clip. You think that's bad. <laughs> Remember that one time Randy said he was a Nazi sympathizer? <laughs> No, but I'm sure we can edit enough. Insert digitally altered clip here. I sure love Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've talked a lot about some bad games on this podcast before. Like Tetris. That's the callback from the cold open that may or may not be there. We haven't talked about any bad games. Name one. Uh... (laughs) 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 <laughs> anyway <laughs> but what if I were to make the statement now that this is probably by far the worst ever a game so gross so misogynistic and so exploitative that it somehow makes even hatred seem tasteful in comparison oh well yeah, we did talk about hatred <laughs> I'm here to tell you guys the story of Lawbreakers. The, the, the Guy Game, a uh. largely and thankfully forgotten adult party trivia game show FMV title that weaseled its way onto the PC, PS2, and original Xbox back in 2004. It remains to be the only release by Top Heavy Studios. Get it? And oh yeah, spoiler, as we oh, mentioned like this boobs. in a previous episode. I'm chins. <laughs> That's probably is illegal for retailers to sell. And today we're not only going to dive into that, but we're also going to investigate further into the game's slimeball of a creator, as well as its bizarre connections to actual well-respected businesses. It's a dog pile of well-deserved controversies this week as we take off our shirts and jump into the time Girls Gone Wild culture invaded the broader industry that should uh, know better. I was thinking about how we just let you babble on about Tetris for like eight hours or whatever. We're about do for a controversial one. <laughs> the podcast is called Hot Button. That's not true. Randy Loves Tetris. <laughs> you started it with Halo. Yeah, that's but fair. Mine was one episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm Randall Beatrice here as always with Austin Blakesley yep. and Chris Anantuano. Hey. This is Hot Button, as Austin said. You this is Hot Button, isn't yeah. it? Uh, Guy I, Games. Is that shit, the show? Is that Jimmy podcast. Kimmel's old show? <laughs> 
Guy game? Is that what that is? <laughs> oh, the man show. <laughs> oh, God, the man show. Girls on trampolines. Yeah, on Comedy Central. That show was yes, stupid. Yes, is that what they play on that, that channel? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but uh, you guys ready to get sleazy? Yeah. So it goes without Remember saying. Spike TV? <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it? Um, their tagline was like TV for men. Spike well, TV? Yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. It was also called the new TNN, I think, before Spike TV. Anybody remembers that? TNN. And it was the new TNN. They had Stripperella and Gary the Rat and the Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon. All right, dude, cool. This or, isn't the cartoon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just flex your knowledge of all the worst cartoons that nobody but you has ever seen. They were all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes without saying that there have been plenty of video games centered around sex before. Your Leisure Suit Larry's of the World, Chris's favorite. <laughs> Name revenge. one time I've ever said that. <laughs> There's always money to be had on the subject, is basically what I'm saying, regardless of format. And we all know, and not just because we were the right age for it, there was a pretty significant burst of a wider spread of inescapable exposure to it in the late 90s and early 2000s due to the rise of home video media and internet pornography. Yeah. Wait, you get porn on the internet? (laughs) Your world's about to change. (laughs) Grab your phone. Come with me. (laughs) Um, See me? Let's flash back to me at three in the morning like, oh, that sure was a great marathon of most extreme elimination challenge. <laughs> should, and I, then should, I go play, should I go play Mystic Ninja on my N64 or Diablo 2 on my computer? What's this on the TV? Yeah. Oh, this, this entire episode it should just have that in the background because th- that's this this whole story is. Yeah, just... you just you watch all the girls going wild and then you cool off with a thing about how you could flip houses. <laughs> and then you go back to girls going wild and then you go to a George Foreman grill. Yeah. Like those burgers uh-huh. do look good, and I could I could make a lot of money selling houses. <laughs> <laughs> but this, of course, meant that products such as the aforementioned Girls Gone Wild, Order Now, would have, would, of course... They're defunct. They're, they're, <laughs> they are. Yeah, it's right. been a while. Uh, begin to Again, heavily target those... It's called a repeat. It's called a callback. <laughs> But they would begin to heavily target those invested into anything tech or just pop culture in general. Mainstream games, though, that was a relatively untapped market, thought some executives, I guess. Too much work to get to boob. (laughs) You could say the standards were different, or restrictions were tighter, or enthusiasts were wiser, but some fucks somewhere still had to try, right? The VHS and DVD crowds were already in. Now is the moment to reach out to the next biggest thing, the PlayStation 2. After all, the Xbox had a bit of financial success with Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, and by this point, the PS2 was still practically the hottest consumer item ever, and owners of them had to be just as horny as users of their non-interactive counterparts. Yeah, what's the one where you make it hotter? <laughs> the other versions were likely just a bonus, but now that the wet stage is set, let's see where this shit got started. Don't say that. I know. It's gross. <laughs> Just because you're covering a topic about a dude that's sleazy doesn't mean you also have to be sleazy. <laughs> you know, like the Daniel Day-Lewis of video game podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an asshole because the character's an asshole. <laughs> well, what would you say if I were to tell you that Nintendo has a role here? No, I would not be surprised. <laughs> really? Yeah. I they was. seem to be into just doing some shady shit behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. 
They do like money. <laughs> so enter Jeff Spangenberg. Great name. The pitcher yeah. of this trash would later become the infamous title's sole director and producer, although he also has credits here as a designer as well, which shockingly will sound less crazy when I tell you his backstory of prior gaming-related endeavors. All right. This derp came from some respectable beginnings at first and was no stranger to the field. He was indeed a programmer, self-taught, mostly working on Amiga ports for like Atari and Commodore throughout the late 80s. Works even included Space Harrier and the Afterburner games. Then in 1991, him and 20 of his friends decided that they would open their own studio located in Santa Clara, California, a company that you absolutely may have heard of called Iguana Entertainment. The team really didn't take long to hit their big break, the home console version of Midway's arcade smash NBA Jam in 94. The success quickly attracted the attention of larger publisher Acclaim, who would only a year later acquire the small developer for $5 million in cash and be relocated to Austin, Texas, under the new name Acclaim Studios Austin. Huh. What? Sp- <laughs> Spangenberg Sorry, himself... Sorry, on first joke in there, yeah. <laughs> Spangenberg himself was also promoted to an executive position in which he would now overlook all of the company's various software studios. Things seemed pretty all right for the guy and his new deal for a while. Yeah. There were more acquisitions, like the folks who made the Super Star Wars titles. See, working in Austin was way cheaper than Silicon Valley, and the best yeah. of all, the games and the money were flowing. The All-Star Baseball and NFL Quarterback Series was doing well back when there was more than one of those <laughs> sole franchises for each sport. And their second hit, Turok Dinosaur Hunter, proved itself well for the era on the new platform that was the N64, which was good because that was a very expensive project for them to make at the time. Also remember, this was early in 1997 before GoldenEye fucking ate its lunch a few months later. Yeah, that's what I say. I think I remember that. Yeah, game. I was gonna say, did you guys play Turok back then? No. I remember how it looks. It was alright. Yeah. I liked it. it it's, a, it's definitely hard to go back to now because that fog, like oh, holy for shit! Sure. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like you can't see like five feet in front of your character. No, we when we were playing Goldeneye at your house a couple weeks ago, I couldn't even fucking bear to look at it. You were so also playing that four-player split screen. Yeah, yeah. but like, still bad. I can go back to Goldeneye right now. I get it. I get it. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Then Comments on, trash, dude. <laughs> then, shut up. <laughs> you want me to say it? You say something about Halo. I'm gonna say that it's better than Halo. I love Halo. (laughs) In what fucking universe? In in my universe. Goldeneye. Well, Perfect Dark as well. Killer game. Sure. How about Time Splitters? Beetle Adventure Racing is better than Burnout. (laughs) You don't even believe that. (laughs) I know, but that's what you're saying to me. Just so you know the weight of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Then on July 8th, 1998, it was publicly announced that Jeffy Boy was fired, along with several other undisclosed management changes coming on the inside later the same month. That October, Spangleberg would file a lawsuit against the claim and their co-founder, Greg Fishbach, and Iguana for breach of contract and fraud. His reasoning claimed that the once big company was attempting to save on management costs by eliminating him and future obligations to him. According to an analysis and interview with IGN, Acclaim had also been on a mission to cut entrepreneurial managers and their acquired units and replace them with more corporate types, he said. Now, Spangleberg. <laughs> Wait, what? So somehow they're about to replace this really bad guy with somebody worse? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, we're going to get into this. This dude kind of always had a certain reputation. 
reputation around him for being kind of a rogue developer, but his cries went way beyond just the discriminations against people of his personality traits. In the suit, <laughs> Jeff went on to say that he was totally tricked as well, saying that Fishbach urged him to buy $25,000 of a claim stock in February before his unforeseen termination, which of course resulted in a huge loss of stock options for him. Stock options of which he was trying to use in order to help fund the start of another game company once his contract with the claim expired in 1999. That, this was, this was, that sounded illegal. <laughs> I didn't follow quite, but it sounded illegal. This was being reported by the Austin Business Journal. Now, despite... I don't remember writing that, my <laughs> Now, despite the response from a claims attorneys and president that all of these allegations were untrue and the firing was more or less solely a result of the man's continued supervisory techniques and behavior, including the lack of contributions to group meetings and outings. An agreement was still reached, and while it's unknown to this day just who exactly was in the right or wrong, as well as how much the settlement was for... It's honestly tough to say, really. Spanglenberg still assures that his performance was never the issue and that Fishbach was just a memory-thirsty suit who didn't care about the actual quality of the products they created. I mean, both their sides could be true. At this yeah. point in the story, it's fairly easy to see Jeff as the victim here, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll later find out that eh, it could go both ways. Regardless, he trucked on stronger and more determined than ever. Oh, and that new gaming venture he was looking to start with the money? Retro Studios. Retro Studios. You heard right. The magnificent developers behind fucking Metroid Prime. Uh-oh. <laughs> Literally the same month things ended with the lawsuit, he formally announced that Retro was officially launched. Right out of his home. He wanted to prove to everyone that doubted him and tried to damage his reputation that Iguana and his work at Acclaim wasn't just a fluke. He quickly found another office, also in Austin, Texas, hired 25 employees, many of which were prior co-workers, and frantically began to idea up on projects to pitch to his buddies at Nintendo in order to hopefully become a full partner with them. Remember that he had already had a good record with them in the past, and those connections only got tighter once he convinced previous hot-button character, Howard Lincoln, to fund them. <laughs> Honestly, the big end didn't even really need that much convincing here. They were again on the path to launch another new console with the GameCube now, and close third-party support was something they needed after many collaborations had switched over to the PS1 last generation. Yeah. You know, they the, lost Final the Fantasy. They lost, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Final Fantasy VII on a fucking GameCube? Well, <laughs> I guess that would have been later. No, it's the so N64 it that a, was the problem when they went with uh, cartridges. Because yeah, 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 yeah. what did they say Final Fantasy would have been a... Uh, yeah, it was like 16 cartridges yeah, or, something or something like that. Stupid. I think yeah. eight would have been even more... Jeff was also a face of 90s extreme culture in designing things more appealing to teenagers and adults, a, demo oh gosh, a demographic yeah. Nintendo was slowly starting to lose. And boy, you know, did they spend that funding. Nothing gets me hornier than Metroid Prime. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have anything to do with that. Well, we'll get there. Damn it. Retro invested into a state-of-the-art facility for their team right off the bat. They had Good dope move. development PCs, an in-house recording studio, and Austin's first ever motion capture set. He then continued to recruit even more talent, seeking out experienced individuals that had already proven themselves in the craft before. I think he even grabbed someone who was working on the Spirits Within movie after seeing the tech. And Jason Hughes, a now senior engineer at Naughty Dog. Others were straight up from Valve and LucasArts. Like, right now, this dude actually seems pretty cool and driven. Although in pictures, he definitely looks like the 
biggest frat bro ever. <laughs> like, oh yeah, hold on, I brought up a picture. I'm gonna show Chris. Is it the one with the little glasses and his yeah. gold tips? I think. <laughs> what the fuck? Soon that will definitely <laughs> fit the theme. We gotta post that picture on. <laughs> we'll post that online. That's gonna be yeah. our new emoji in the Discord. <laughs> By 2001, before ever even releasing a game, Nintendo decided to buy them, flat out. <laughs> I will say, though, that according to later retrospectives with the staff at the time, they worked hard, and they played hard, too. <laughs> Often pulling 12-hour days at the office, to then drinking and partying all night after. <laughs> yeah, bro! <laughs> Let's fucking program some games, bro! <laughs> Despite the team size, they were bouncing back and forth with putting their efforts on four different projects, all designed for the codename Dolphin, later, of course, revealed to be the GameCube, for which they had one dev kit of. And prior to the huge publisher becoming Giant Weenies, they kept a close eye on Retro, wanting a product that would, quote, appeal to the 18 and older crowd. I assume this mindset was what also led to Eternal Darkness and the Capcom 5. So no, they said appealing games. And, and <laughs> Why do I even? Got them. And discs. <laughs> Nothing appeals to teens more than tiny discs. Little discs? <laughs> yeah, look at the PSP. Those are even smaller discs. <laughs> so code away they did, and their engine work soon spoke for itself. It was undeniably impressive. In fact, it impressed Shigeru Miyamoto so much that it was him that suggested that they drop all four of the unfinished titles and instead focus everything on what they had into a brand new entry in the Metroid series. Mm. A, at the time, relatively dormant franchise. Was this over the keg or the beer pong table? <laughs> My engine is so fucking big, dude. It's so good. Thus, the license was theirs and Metroid Prime was born. Only thing was, as I said before... That bro coder Jeff wasn't going to be a part of it, as he was apparently too busy watching dude perfect videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy purchasing expensive cars, crashing them, and also often frequenting the local strip clubs. Oh man! <laughs> Upon an actual onset visit by Nintendo representatives, they quickly saw Spanglenberg having the likely potential to become a liability. His lifestyle and image alone clashed hard with the big end's modest sensibilities. How much more do you think you have to pay the strip club if you tell him you're a game developer? <laughs> <laughs> How much more you have? To pay? Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to ax him, and that decision became way easier after seeing his lack of output compared to the rest of the staff. And oh yeah, it was also discovered that he was running a softcore porn site off the work computers. Models in which he paid to come to his private mansion for shoots. I swear to God, I'm not making this <laughs> <What>? shit up. <laughs> this escalated very quickly. <laughs> Sinful Summer, the video line was called. This was all on their money and their time. So he stopped under the... He stopped... You know, often Google it. Was that, was that again? Sinful so Summer? Sinful he stopped, summer. He stopped into the studio like once a month to just peek over somebody's shoulder and like, hmm, nice. That's the character to Metroid? Like, looking good, dude. Did she take that suit off or what? <laughs> this is all on Nintendo's time and with their investment cash. <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> Last I'm time I looked at porn on Nintendo's time, I had my, my Wii plugged in. <laughs> I, I did see a clip uh, of it in a, in a YouTube analysis video. That, what, Sinful Summer? Yeah. Holding that homie, bro? <laughs> Nothing would have makes you jerk off less than having to select your porn videos with a Wii mote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wii mote in one hand and nunchuck in the other. And your Wii mote in the other, right? <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> 
<laughs> so wait, real quick. Yeah. Where'd he get all the cars? That was also with the money. That they gave him to set up the studio? Yeah. Okay, so embezzlement. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, a claim couldn't have possibly paid that well. No. <laughs> that or he was making a lot of money off these Sinful Summer videos. It's possible. I think because I, I saw that similar to like Stefan Erickson bought a Ferrari and <laughs> wrapped it. <laughs> like, but our frat guy's arms were pretty much tied once this was revealed, and he was effectively removed from the company after buying him out as the majority stockholder. Retro was free to build their legacy of great titles for the foreseeable future, and Spangleberg was no longer being held down by the shadow. Shackles of the man. When security kicked him out of the office, did he fight anybody? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Hold on, dude. That's my first being there. <laughs> <laughs> so he packed his bags and capital and opened up and his porn server. Top heavy studios. Staffing up once again, this time with way less talent. <laughs> yeah, with what investors? With what money? <laughs> well, they bought him out. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Okay. So he found some other scummy people, such as the uh, the guy game's soon-to-be idiotic buffoon of a host, Matt Sadler. The walking cast of Entourage rejects, then ventured off to celebrate <laughs> the world of boobs in an attempt to publicly reject everything that had led them here. World up of to boobs. This that point. was a Blizzard game, right? <laughs> Way back. <laughs> So I mentioned before that the game was FMV, or full motion video. That's because development time included post the half-assed pitch of a sexy you-don't-know-jack knockoff to lead our crew, now equipped with rented cameras and microphones, to spring break on South Padre Island, a popular coastal hangout for tourism and tens of thousands of young, drunken college students each year during the event. And they still had a hard time getting footage because they were making a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should also emphasize that this is where the story takes a hard turn into assholeville. <laughs> Real oh, fast. Oh, this is, yeah. <laughs> no, every, that was all just... So these baboons got in their cages <laughs> in the, the cargo bay of a plane <laughs> and went to Cancun. Yep. So how do you think filming went? Probably pretty good. Easy. I mean, you know. They, I know how it went. <laughs> they set Not up, well. <laughs> they set up a booth space put up some signs, supplied a near endless amount of alcohol, and offered their fun live trivia game show to any wandering, attractive, as well as intoxicated lucky lady to star in their bullshit video game. Basically, what they would do was have their moron of a host, Matt Sadler, ask them each a question, and then upon any of them getting it wrong, would then be egged on to remove their tops. No bottoms, I don't think. They'd then sign a release and be on their way. It's tough to say exactly how many girls were inquired throughout the course of the actual game, but there was enough footage to compile about a thousand question prompts to be spread across, I don't know, it was like 20-something episodes. That's what they call in the game. Class act. Yeah. The young women themselves are referred to in-game as hotties. And just to really frame everything in an even grosser way than it already is, the gameplay itself revolved around the one to four players not answering any of the questions, but instead betting on whether or not they think the hottie in question will answer the question correctly, based solely upon their look and state of inebriation beforehand. Oh, in so a it's short... not just trivia, it's exploitation. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Not just exploitation, it's also just totally insulting. <laughs> 
Yep, it's just all just terrible tra- basis cover. They're just training the youth of America to judge whether or not a woman is yeah mm-hmm. drunk enough. And uh, all you would get was the short introductory video with the host that gets paused to enter in their bet. I saw like a clip from it. It kind of reminds me of when uh, I saw a clip from it. <laughs> it. It kind of reminds me of like, do you remember when last podcast did the Casey Anthony episode and they were talking about? It sounds like a wet T-shirt contest, like host, yeah. like the way it's framed. Yeah, they're just There's like a lot of examples of that. Yeah. You'd have to bring Casey Anthony into it. (laughs) (laughs) You could have just said wet t-shirt contest. (laughs) It's just like that parody is very real. They'll just be like, this is Stacy and she's into like, you know, and it's all just, you know, fucking. Yeah, I watched MTV. They also each have a stat screen with their bios and their measurements as well. Yeah, like constitution, intelligence, (laughs) wisdom, dexterity. All this again while the you don't know Jack style banter is played, except it's awful. As if you don't know Jack's isn't. <laughs> oh, the hey, Cookie Masterson it might as well be like a genius just in the craft compared to this. But it definitely makes you appreciate something like I think beforehand you brought up MXC earlier. Oh, like yeah. yeah, it's it's like now that's some narration. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> that's some art. Good, that's art. <laughs> That's how you do banter. Further twists were added in a few other segments, including the titwits. Oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> titwits portion, in which the player is already instructed that their answer is wrong that the woman gives, but now you have to guess which wrong answer that they chose. Because it rhymes? What? Is that why? Because it rhymes? <laughs> is that why they called it that? No, yeah, well, yeah, you said you understood why they called it tit, titwits. Well, it's written out like... Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Explain the joke to me. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> then there is the balls with a Z minigame where you can score extra points. Of course there is! <laughs> after choosing a female avatar called cheerleaders, naturally, to represent them. The more responses you get right, the more clothes they remove. Simple. Yep. Yeah. Upon playing around, there is also a fleshometer. Or is it a flashometer? Both would work. It's Both important. are valid puns. Yeah. <laughs> now I need to refer to my research real quick. Hold on. If he unzips his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was reaching for my phone. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, if you start watching porn in the middle of the podcast. It is Flash-O-Meter. Okay. Also, yeah, Flash-O-Meter sounds a little murdery. <laughs> honestly. It was also 20 episodes. Not that I think uh, these guys are outside of murdering somebody. No. <laughs> they probably um, did. So there's this Flash-O-Meter for you to keep track of. The higher it rises, the more boobs you get to see. Cool. Bear with Finally me. Finally a meter I'm interested <laughs> in. Yeah. Bear with me on this, okay? I'm, I'm sorry. It's like an XP meter, but better. <laughs> So first, there's the soft and squishy level where the breasts are obscured by a guy game logo. Then next, at the sort of chubby level, mm-hmm. they're, what they're, in the fuck they're, they're, is wrong with these they're people? Digitally blurred. And finally, at the super stiff max level, the goods are exposed and fully uncensored. You guys hard yet? No, but you need to be aware. How long do you think the conversation was to come up with the levels and what to call the levels of erections? How long do you think that conversation 90 seconds, was? 90 seconds? You don't think there's any debate about whether they should call it super hard? or? The guy ran into the, the meeting room and this drew was... three dicks on the board. One of them was flaccid, one of them was half chub, and then one of them was full. And he was just like, spitball, let's go. <laughs> 
spit balls. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is the majority of their development. And then time. They went, yeah, the kick stand. Also, once you reach that end of the scale, the episode can be replayed again with no visual blocks. Once the game is over, a brief montage is shown, and the individuals playing are ranked as president, vice president, treasurer, and asshole, which might be the only thing in this entire horseshit product to make me sort of chuckle. <laughs> Wait, I want to circle back. This game's multiplayer? Yes, it's a local party game. Like, you're meant to play it with, like, three other people. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know how you're always jerking off with your friends. <laughs> I don't know. People like this are. Also, I can't say there's like, I don't know. Did you grow up with a group of boys? Like, there's definitely some. All right. We definitely always, everybody jerked off together, right? <laughs> yes, totally. Cut to the point. <laughs> this episode is rated NC-17 or whatever, by the way. <laughs> But honestly, like, that's it. That's the game. With the core of it already apparently being shamelessly stolen from the Howard Stern radio show. Can I ask you a question? Uh, yeah. I want you to answer honestly. Okay. Did you look up how much this game is worth in your research? Well, that was part of... Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Did you... I want you to answer honestly again. Did you at any time consider buying it? No, I did not. Uh, but you I did place a bid. I, I don't believe you. No, I... Uh, not because you're a pervert or anything, but just because you're weird like that. I, I am weird like you that. You did buy hatred. I draw the... I, no, well, I did. But, like, I, I, I draw the line at... What we will learn in the future? Yeah, okay, I think keep I, going. Okay. And so with that, the title was hastily finished with short development time and now just needed a publisher and some As good old... suck enough already, let's rush it. <laughs> and some good old-fashioned... Uh, promotions from our friends in the press. I guess let's dive into the former part of that first. The publisher was a group called Gathering of Developers, Inc., although they've been referred to as God, God Games, and Gathering. They were based out of New York City and founded by ex-id and ex Iron Storm member Mike Wilson in 1998, the same Wilson who would years later help create indie darling publisher Devolver Digital. Honestly, one of my favorite studios out there in games right now. These guys were definitely a weird company, too, though. They were acquired by Take-Two in May of 2000 and assisted in putting out titles like Cliffy B's Jazz Jackrabbit Games, Age of Wonders, Kiss's Psycho Circus, 4x4 Evolution on the Dreamcast, the old Blair Witch Games, the first few Tropicos, and the PC versions of Oni and Max Payne 1 and 2. The Mafia series was likely their biggest success, but this is for sure a weird assortment of titles. Of course, that would all later stop but we'll get there. <laughs> Prior to then, though, God had a similar reputation as Spanglenberg. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, God, boy, douche, go. But being a horrible misogynist. <laughs> It's not what I meant, but yeah, take it as you will. Like, it actually kind of made sense, though, that they would team up together. At E3 shows, the group would often throw free barbecues, have live music, and offer beer to tens of thousands of attendees to their parking lot dubbed The Promised Land. What kind of live music? What are they trying to do? <laughs> what are they trying to do? <laughs> They also frequently hosted booth babes back when that was a thing, and also, of course, tossed out free swag for everybody. Did they just like walk and said swag a lot. Did yeah, Jeffrey, yeah, probably. Did Jeffrey Spangenberg or whatever just come up to their booth and he was wearing a shirt like with two popped collars, <laughs> and then the other dude was wearing a shirt with two popped collars, and he's like, "Bro," and the other guy's like, "Bro," and then they signed a contract. Is that <laughs> yeah. That's how I imagine that happened. Yeah. They both had gunners on. Yeah. No, wrap around Oakley's. Wrap around Oakley's. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 
this industry though before the economic no, he, collapse. Am I right? Like it's, yeah, just, it's crazy. Just so much. Yeah, the housing, money being the housing crisis did something good. He didn't realize he was at a gaming convention because his backwards hat was too low over his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, to get my hands on some of that free swag. <laughs> I know you had a problem, dude. It's just so stupid. Did you um, Google how much a guy game shirt's worth? No, but we'll get there. <laughs> Alright. Despite the frat culture of it all, though, God as a publisher was a pretty cool idea, hence the name. Its board consisted of a group of independent developers and other creatives who wished to unite as a governing body in order to release all of their projects on their own terms. Members even included those from Epic Games, 3D Realms, Ritual Entertainment, Terminal Reality, and Edge of Reality. Terminal Reality are the people that made that Star Wars game where you dance... And it's like, I'm Han Solo. Wait, they made Connect Star Wars? Yeah, remember that? (laughs) They also made the Ghostbusters game. Anyway, pitched as something to break out at parties, the guy game found a home with the gathering of developers. Upon the official announcement and press release, the title was met with a resounding, what? <laughs> are you are you tired of breaking out all your burnt up porn VHSs at parties? <laughs> they just cannot run anymore. The tape is literally falling apart because you and all your buddies are jerked off so many times at parties. <laughs> the vocal inflection you have right now is everything that I watched for the last like three days working on this. <laughs> Spangleberg responded to this confused feedback with a hilarious quote that I will now read verbatim. Dude. We jerked off all the time. It's not gay, okay? Because, let me get this right, I do have a problem with being gay. So that's why I'm trying to make it clear that it's not. How is he supposed to test the game? All right, well, get this. I feel innovation is incredibly important in the video game industry. With the guy game, we set out to do something completely different than what had been done before. We feel that guys will be extremely pleased with the final result. Sure, sure. And he did this when he said that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The jerk-off hammer. (laughs) Yeah. He looked the interviewers dead in the eye and said, extremely pleased. (laughs) So there it is, the top in innovation, this fucking softcore DVD menu of a video game. <laughs> that's the thing. You're like, they rushed it out the door. How hard? I could make that game. That's oh, you absolutely saying, that's could. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This shouldn't have been rushed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I watched footage of this game. You could totally do it. I mean, I'm not going to... Well, you'll get to it. <laughs> I, yeah. I couldn't make the game in that way, but I could program it. <laughs> but the promotions trucked on during one of the industry's most controversial years to date. You had hot coffee around this time as well. With we a do an episode about that. <laughs> <laughs> With a now release date set for August 31st for the Xbox and PlayStation 2 versions, both consoles with manufacturers who shockingly approved the title despite strictly editing previous adult games such as BMX XXX and Leisure Sue Larry Magna Cum Laude. Guess how it's, it's spelled this is like hyphenated. What's that that some more news channel he said Magna Deafening Jizz or something? <laughs> that was funny. All while the poor GameCube got to enjoy the Metroid Prime games instead, and also the uncensored version of BMX Triple yeah, X if you were dumb. That's because Metroid and the uncensored version of Metroid Prime. <laughs> Metroid Metroid Prime wasn't innovation. Jeff Spang and Bangenberger was all about innovation, dude. Right, That's right. why he left. I keep yeah. <laughs> hey, the GameCube also had the uncensored swastikas in it. What if instead of a games. ball, she's a big pair of boobs <laughs> that rolls around? <laughs> it seems like Spangleberg wanted to stay away from working with Nintendo ever again. 
that or the discs weren't big enough. Who knows? Also, the Windows PC edition will be out that December 22nd. Merry Christmas. It's because those, those Japanese guys don't like titty bars, so all of a sudden <laughs> I can kick down on the street, dude? No way. That's why I started my own studio. <laughs> he says in front of his wrecked yeah, Ferrari. There's yeah. <laughs> like, like a mother with her daughter. She's like, ugh, like brings her closer as they're walking down the street. <laughs> he's, just his, he's just in his mansion that says foreclosed with a pile of Lamborghini and Ferrari <laughs> wrecks in the driveway. Why was this initial release date stupid, by the way? Well, because maybe it shared a window with Doom 3, Burnout 3, Beautiful Joe, Fable, Star Wars Battlefront 1, and The Sims 2. And it was also disappointing because he spent the better part of an afternoon looking at the calendar trying to find the date that was closest to 69. <laughs> <laughs> Even its event showings and online coverage were often overlooked due to the absolutely fucking stellar stacked fall launches and this like was... Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Metal Gear Solid 3, EverQuest 2, Halo 2, and Half-Life 2. I'd jerk All off right. to San Andreas before this game. <laughs> also, Halo 2 is the only game that you mentioned in there that's better than the guy game. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Who the fuck had time to check out what the guy game had to offer? Other than a bad you-don't-know-jack ripoff and some uncensored boobs that anyone could easily Google, especially those actively playing video games at that time. It's like a bunch of kids at school talking like, oh, are you playing GTA? Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, my mom got me the guy game instead. <laughs> just for Christmas? Just like... <laughs> my, my little boy's a man now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny to me that somebody would buy the guy game on computer. Yeah. <laughs> Because then you have to play it by yourself. (laughs) And also you're on a device that has such easy access to porn. Just like the easiest. I never thought about that until just now, but how fucking... You just alt-tab out of the stupid game and just (laughs) Google boobs, it's better. (laughs) Sorry, Bing boobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Wait, Bing wasn't around then. Yahoo search boobs. (laughs) Ask Jeeves what boobs are. Lyco search boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Things weren't exactly seeming to be the most commercial of a success here, which, and I love this, was only worsened when the game mysteriously lacked a skew, as a manufacturing error led to one not being printed. This made stocking and ordering the title almost impossible. Regardless, it still made its way to some shelves for $40. The (laughs) The businesses that actually bothered to give it space and would allow it. I remember seeing this game on the shelves. Yeah, I saw it at GameStop. When I went to pick up Halo 2. (laughs) You made the wrong choice. I did. (laughs) Regret it to this day. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Huh? No, we cut to an alternate reality, which (laughs) is just the two of you. Halo 2 has boobs in it? The two of you telling the story about how Halo 2 is a failure, (laughs) and then it's just me with a. a, What are, what are those caps with the with the hairs missing? Yeah. <laughs> a visor <laughs> with bleach tips coming out the top and wearing wraparound Oakleys. It's like fuck you guys, man. Also, you say the alternate universe is me and Randall here. There's a different person because you are off not being the person. He's off doing blow off some fucking. No, now I'm still I... into video games. It's just I'm also I'm also uh, I don't straight know. as attack. Yeah. I also found, I did find pictures of him later with like cornrows and in these. Awesome. Yeah. And he had these like tiny little glasses that were they almost like smaller than the Lennons. 
Uh, yeah. Like uh, Matrix glasses. <laughs> Yeah, like, what's this, like, Scream guy? Matthew Lillard was wearing in Hackers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matthew Lillard comes up. By the way, I've got to bring the Hackers right yeah. now. It's like, yeah, we, oh, we've got a couple Lillard. episodes without bringing up both Matthew Lillard and Hackers, so we can't Matthew Lillard comes up, like, a lot. He's a treasure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk reviews. Too bad Scooby-Doo wasn't around to bust these fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk reviews. Time to play the Metacritic scoring game. Everyone's favorite. 21. Obviously 69. Uh, (laughs) Damn it, I was going to say what do you guys think, but... Well, the Xbox and PS2 versions received a 47 and 48, respectively. That's pretty good. And the PC version, a 23. Mm. Outlets that care enough. That's because you can get porn on that <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> Outlets that cared enough, such as Game Informer, GameSpy, 1UP, and EGM, slammed it for its slapped-together shittiness and outright offensive concept. One source even gave it a zero and called it a day. Bizarrely, though, both IGN and GameSpot awarded the turd with decent grades. I think a 77 and 75. What? The latter review actually being written by former Hot Button episode protagonist Jeff Gersman. <laughs> he later addressed the quote-unquote good label being in part due to the era as well as the site's previously discussed scoring system. The fact was, when you are forced to use said system that automatically generates a number based on things like graphics, sound, and value, an FMV title with decent video compression captured on higher quality cameras and microphones for the time, leave it to stand out a bit among other console releases, not to mention its lower price tag and fair amount of trivia featured. Combine that with the game's on-disc drinking modes and three other people. His mind was a little clouded, I feel. Because <laughs> this thing is a real hot piece of trash. <laughs> yeah. What did the Daily Golden Tea give it? <laughs> what is that? Golden Tea is the golf cabinet that all the frat bros play. It was a joke. Oh, uh, I, I've seen that at bars. Yeah. <laughs> but most others just found the bland gameplay, unfunny writing, and low replay value as key negative points in their summary of the guy game. It certainly wasn't on its way to win any awards, although just four months after release, it would then become infamous for a whole different reason, simply outside its expected low quality. Is it quality. that different of a reason when you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> or is it like an expected reason? <laughs> is it like a the totally low quality, expected reason? Yeah, yeah. Like the low quality is expected. Well, yeah, I guess maybe this is, I don't know, like, you can see how this happened. Speaking of, what do you guys say we get into that? Sure. Are you ready to somehow get even trashier? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I believe you guys and everyone else probably already know where I'm going with this, especially since we have brought it up on our show before. But, just in case, for those lucky enough to have not known this fun fact yet, let's enlighten you. One morning it was revealed that a lawsuit was being brought on to not just top-heavy studios, but also the gathering of developers, Take-Two, Sony, and Microsoft. The reason why? A young woman known in the game under the name Diane explained through a lawyer that she was never properly informed the footage she was involved in was going to be used for a retail video game. That, and oh yeah, she was only just 17 at the time that the topless video of her was taken. Making making her not only underage, obviously, but now the product itself could be considered child pornography under national law. Got you, son of a bitch. (laughs) Post this, a temporary injunction was quickly granted, pulling any out there copies off for sale, 
everywhere as well as prohibiting further additions in its current state from ever being produced. And every far back hairline mom pop game shop employee <laughs> who talked to his high school neighbor was like, I'll throw these away. <laughs> so how did Top Heavy react to all this? They took it in stride, proudly proclaiming on their official website that, quote, The rumors are true. The most controversial (laughs) video game ever created, the guy game, is no longer available. (laughs) The rumors are true. You want some child pornography? (laughs) Come and get it. (laughs) And it wasn't even over there. There was still money on the table to be made with all that footage they shot, right? Plus, they were definitely going to need it now after losing the suit and having to pay that poor girl for taking advantage of her. Whatever would they do? Well, the team just decided to bypass all this video game nonsense and repurpose their video catalog into a DVD instead. A DVD cheekily titled The Guy Game Game Over, featuring pretty much the game without the game, even more swindled pretty ladies, and 100% less underage porn. Hopefully. All for only $19.99. You didn't have to get your half chub to a full on. <laughs> In order to see it? That's dope, dude. It's crazy. Oh, and they only sweeten the pot with a bonus package for just $10 more. <laughs> in this, in this they, threw in a, uh, they threw in a trucker's hat and a t-shirt, both sporting the Guy Game's beautiful logo. You know, in case you wanted to be publicly affiliated with the brand by a company that was sued for making a product containing 17-year-old boobs. Oh, Jesus Christ. I really want to know who out there has any of these. Did you expect? Because not even I would be tempted into collecting. Dude, when I heard the news, dude, my full chub went to a very, very wait, fuck, what was (laughs) super (laughs) stiffy or something? (laughs) My super stiffy went down to a very not stiffy, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I'm only like three quarter chub now, dude. This isn't cool. (laughs) When your copy comes in, are we gonna play it? No, you bought it. I did not buy it. I'm going to get into that right now. Is it too expensive? Now why? No. <laughs> God. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not into this, but that wouldn't stop others. <laughs> protest too much. <laughs> protest too much, yeah. <laughs> but that wouldn't stop others as this game became quite the hot item for those in an attempt to uh, collect it. <laughs> Because it was going to be rare? Yeah. Well, no, they're seeking it out more or less to complete their Xbox and PlayStation 2 libraries. Uh-huh. They're looking to what complete do you think something di- else What do you think well? the Venn diagram for people who collect every video game of a console and pedophiles is? <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, the problem with that, of course, being that, that resale of the game is illegal, with sites like Amazon halting the distribution of copies amongst users. The title has, however, fallen between the cracks on services such as eBay and Craigslist, with used issues going for around $60 and sealed editions for hundreds more. Because eBay's mismanaged and there's worse child porn on Craigslist than the guy game. Yeah, encrypted hard drives. Labeled as broken. Wait, why do you know this? <laughs> I read a lot of true crime shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but where does that leave Top Heavy these days? Bankruptcy. Would you believe that both the guy game game and DVD, the only two things actually ever produced by them, didn't perform well commercially? Yeah, their uh, their doors closed pretty much that same year. So how about gathering of developers or God? 
Also bankruptcy. And in 04 as well. Their Morally assets, and financially. <laughs> their assets then being consumed by Global Star Software. Meanwhile... Star ta- system people? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know it's not. Meanwhile, Take-Two continues success after success, while Retro Studios found love in creating some of the most celebrated Nintendo revivals of all time. Yeah, and then that Donkey Kong game. Uh, I love that first one. Sure. So, uh... <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> Tokyo Country Returns is a great game. Uh-huh. Where, uh... All my sucks, dude. Where are, where are boy, uh, Jeff Spangenberg at, though? Honestly... Crashing Ferraris to this day. <laughs> no one really knows. Him, Matt Sadler, and most of the team more or less faded into obscurity. The only gathered history anyone has are retrospective Iguana Entertainment credits on the recent HD remasters of Turok 1 and 2 by Night Dive. Although, like I said, that's pretty much only because he was on the original staff 23 years ago. That's kind of the end of our story for today, though. A hilarious and fucked up booze-filled adventure filled with hot women, fast cars, unspeakable crimes, and yet the whole ordeal just quietly fades into an idiotic footnote in video game history rather than being the bang they so desperately, desperately wanted. (laughs) Talking about banging? (laughs) All right, cool. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Randy was like, we got murder, we got mm-hmm. extortion, yeah. embezzlement, racketeering. What's the one crime we don't have? <laughs> Child porn. <laughs> no, that's not true. Oh, you're right. It came up on the uh, right, Epic Games of, versus Silicon, Silicon Knights. Knights. Yeah, because yeah. they're all perverts or whatever. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how do I do plugs again? I uh, forget. Yeah, it's I don't know. Good luck after all that. Any closing thoughts you guys have? I, Absolutely not. I cannot. I cannot wait to try this till when you get your copy. I'm not, I, did not, I'm I did not buy one. Well, I can't wait to see your Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta. Just gotta hammer it into my head. Keep it PG. Yeah. Well, PG thirteen. Two months later. Yeah, that's right. We're hot button. The podcast known for our thumbnail with an underage girl in it. Come listen to our podcast. Yeah, we're gonna release a oh hot button God. called Hot Button. It's over, man. And it's just I don't know clips of us describing porn. How do you make a sleazy podcast? Is it? Oh yeah, Joe Rogan. Honestly. Anyway. <laughs> Honestly, despite the subject matter, this was actually a very fun topic to research. We definitely got a copy. Uh, no, I don't have a copy. For sure. For sure. Dude, you don't have to hide it from us. Oh, my God. No, you do. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, it is illegal. The, the, <laughs> yes. The hardest part was honestly like trying to do like a Where Are They Now segment. They really fell into just the wayside. I looked up like, what's his face. I have no what idea. What was the host's name? Matt Sadler. Wait, he's, where's he's he a at? stand-up comedian. You're kidding me. And he has a Twitter account, and his last tweet was about Hillary losing the election in 2016 or something, <laughs> which is very funny when you yeah, think about biting it. Biting stuff, right? Yeah. Very, <laughs> very funny. Oh, babe. But yeah, I think that's it. That's going to do it for <laughs> this episode of Hot Button. This is your first episode. Thanks for listening. You picked a uh, doozy. They're not usually Woo. about child porn. Not usually. <laughs> Just a couple. Would it be fucked up if I said this was a nice palate cleanser after recording yes. four absolutely. Tetris That would be fucked up. That's absolutely fucked up. If you liked what you heard, you can find more on our website, hotbuttoncast.com. Most of them are less pervy. I think we're almost at 60 episodes now. Damn. You can get links there to all our socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at hotbuttoncast. Yes. And also links to all the places you can subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google 
Google Play. Rate and review on iTunes because I think that boosts us in the discovery things or whatever. We have a, we have a couple reviews. <laughs> yeah. They're great. Everybody loves us. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That, that wasn't a tweet. <laughs> uh, also, it's our great. YouTube channel, which might become a little more relevant in the near future. Yes. So keep an eye on I that. I don't know why I questioned that. Of course it helps us. I was like... <laughs> go listen to the Tetris episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check out Twitch uh, Plays Pokemon. Go listen to Tetris episode and then DM Randy on Twitter and tell him how much Tetris sucks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. This is a test, dude. We'll see how many followers <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, Good night, everybody. we'll be next, back next week with more child porn. No!